Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. For, for, you know, for me, um, I think getting an architect in at the start, and even if it's just the broad strokes of the design, as in, you know, where is this house situated? Where are my rooms going to be? at the different times of day when the sun is moving around the house. Welcome to the next episode of the Get In Our Home series. This series is designed to help home builders, homeowners and renovators to get inspiration and guidance from industry professionals, but also homeowners themselves. My name is Peter Kilmartin, and in this episode we travel to County Galway to meet Connor from Tribe Architects. This is another episode, a part of our professional series, where we ask the common questions, debug some building myths and help to provide professional guidance for those about to start their own home building journey. In this episode, we speak about all things architecture, right through from getting planning permission, what makes a good design, going the self-built route, to getting Connor's top home building and architectural advice and tips. Don't forget that you can also see Connor on our Get In Our Home YouTube channel and all of the homes you've already filmed for the series. This episode is so, so valuable for those about to start building or those that may be on the fence between getting an architect on board. So let's get into it. Connor, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. So we are kind of setting up a new series and it's called the Get In Our Home series. And the whole idea of the series is kind of twofold. Number one is to give inspiration and to show off stunning new homes in the country. But the other side of it that we're really kind of focusing on is guidance. And part of that guidance is talking to professionals in their particular areas of the industry and just getting like really in-depth professional knowledge on home building, home renovations and the whole kind of area of, you know, if you're about to start building a home, what what should you be doing and what should you not be doing? And part of that is to talk to people like yourself and to get get kind of a source of inspiration and guidance from the likes of you know, people that might normally have access to. So thanks very much for coming on. I really appreciate your time to no offer us um, to come down and, and annoy you and disturb your whole um, schedule. So I really appreciate it. No you might just start off and just tell me a little bit about yourself and your background and who you are and what you do. Sure, yeah, sure. Uh, my name is, is Connor Slack. Uh, I'm director of Tribe Architects. We're based in Galway, uh, design practice. And we specialise in uh, one-off houses. So it could be renovations, uh, new builds, uh, extensions. The scale isn't hugely important to us. Um, it's, I suppose, um, just being able to give, bring architecture to anyone who's got a, a need for a certain design uh, in a certain area. So, you know, we do everything from big multi-million pound homes in the country to uh, tiny extensions. 
and uh, yeah. Is it all residential or do you do commercial as well? No, it's all residential and it's all one-off, so we don't do large-scale residential. So it's all about private clients and engaging with private clients to get the most out of their homes. Yeah, and your background is you studied as an architect and you did that whole journey. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, so I studied in UCD, uh, qualified back in 2001, I think. And um, the the journey as an architect is it's a a five-year course and usually you take a year out in the middle. So you'll do um, three years, you get your Bachelor of Science in Architecture and then you do a further two years uh, and you get your Bachelor of Architecture. And most people after the first degree, they're a bit burnt out. So they try and get out, see a bit of the world, decide if they really want to keep going with it, you know, Mm. and some people do drop off at that rate. Um, And then if you do qualify, uh, you become an architect, uh, but you, to be professionally qualified, then you have to do a further two years minimum uh, in professional practice. And then you do an exam and an interview and and a dissertation at that point. And then you become a, a member of the RIAI. So it's a, it's a long road, but it's yeah. uh, it's worthwhile if you're interested, you know. I can imagine um, the journey from start to finish, and especially then. So you qualified in 2001, you come yeah. out in the middle of the boom. What a time to be a young architect coming yeah, out into absolutely. the industry. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, very much so. It was a great time. It was a great time, and you know, you could pick your job almost. Um, but most of us at that point wanted to get away, see a bit of the world, you know. So a few years in uh, in, a, in an office in Dublin, and then off to Australia for a while, you know. Class. So yeah, it's good. It's good. Tell me about like what actually does an architect do? So I suppose there's, there's there's different types of architects, as you mentioned, they're commercial, residential, industrial. But uh, we all essentially we design buildings of some form uh, for clients, either private or public. And uh, an architect brings a level of expertise to the design element of it. You know, we do get, we, we, we get landed with a lot of other stuff and we do get heavily involved in the administration side of things and getting a building built um, if, if so the client so wants. But the real area of expertise uh, for an architect is in the design element. And that's something that you, you, know, you don't get from other uh, professionals out there, whereas other professionals can do certain other elements of it. Like um, a lot of people that listen to this and follow this, um they're about to start building a home. They're they're kind of on the fence between self building and building. You know, if they're considering going with an architect, how early in that process should they be talking to an architect? Oh, right at the start. Yeah. So right at the start, the you know if you're in the process of doing a, some sort of a, a, a build, if it's a if it's a new home in the country. Um, I would say to you, the first person you should call is the architect. Really? Yeah. And really what about in terms of <laughs> finance and mortgages and stuff? Should they go and see how much money they can get first and then come to you and say, look, this is the maximum amount I can get? Or should they go to you first and then go to the banks? I suppose an understanding of what it costs would be really good to start off with. Yeah. Because if you go to the bank and they say, you know, we'll give you 200000 and... I know that 200,000 won't build a new home in the country if you're going to go through the proper routes to do it. So why not have a chat with your architect first to try and understand, well, what actually does it cost to, to build a house? You know, and that would all be, uh, you know, for us anyway, we wouldn't charge you anything for that conversation. That's just some friendly advice to start off with. Then you have an understanding of, well, now we know what it's going to cost. Let's go to the bank now and see if we can get that kind of money. Because if you can't, What's the point? What's the point? Yeah, you're yeah. only going to be disappointed. 
Yeah, like it's it's really interesting because so many people will be on the fence and then they would see, oh, oh God, there's this extra cost then for an architect. And, you know, a lot of people might say, oh, sure, my engineer can just design the house. Why do I need an architect? Yeah. You know, would that frustrate you, that sort of commenter? No, no, it doesn't frustrate me at all because I think if you if you understand what an architect can bring, you're the kind of person who's going to want an architect. And some people, like the reality is, you don't need an architect to design a house. You don't actually need an engineer to design a house. You can sit down yourself, you can take out a piece of paper and you can design a house. And you can submit that for planning and you can get planning permission for that. So there's no professional qualification that you need in order to get planning permission for a house. It's different when you go building it and mortgages and insurance companies get involved. But to design a house, anyone can do it. The question is, do you want it to be done by somebody who is professionally trained in designing a house or do you want to be done by somebody who can sign off on it and that's the real question like if people think that oh there's this huge expense with an architect not necessarily I mean I can design the house and you can take it to an engineer then and get it built that's no problem so we can do would that be common to do or would you like to stay on board for the whole process no it's very common and it's becoming more and more common because people do need an engineer you know, I can't design structure, I can't sign off on structure. So in order to build a house, you do need an engineer. Um, but in order to design it, I would say an architect is far more qualified than an engineer. Yeah, fair enough, you know, an engineer will design it and can design it. And some of them do design quite well. But the majority of the time, an architect will do. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is, is a far better avenue for you. If you want something a little bit different. Some people don't. Some people just want a very standard house and that's fine, you know. Um, but pick up the phone, call your architect, have a chat with them. We're not monsters. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, if budget is a real big issue and people are concerned about budget, you're, you might say to them, maybe the architect mightn't be the route for you. Or would you say that there still could be value to be got in terms of an architect? Like, you know, you hear stories of that an architect might actually save you money in the long run in certain yeah. areas. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I would. 100% agree with it. Um, there's no real, there's no real way to to sort of establish a figure on this yeah. because, in order to establish any kind of real datum, you would need to have, you would need to build exactly the same house both ways at exactly the same point in time. So it can't be done. But if you were to build a house without an architect, and if you were to build a house with an architect, okay, they're the, they're the two options. And what we're seeing is that in terms of design, we can. Yes, we do have a fee, and yes, you know that fee is 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 a part of the budget and needs to be recognised as that. But your engineer also isn't going to design it for free. So, what you have to look at is what value am I getting over and above what an engineer is going to give me as an architect? And one of the big things is is an efficiency of space. So, a lot of houses now come down to you know cost per square meter. All right, and the cost per square meter to build a house in Ireland is quite high at the moment. So, for every square meter you save. Uh, in design you get that money back in your pocket essentially now it's not exactly like that you know because most of the time the square meters that you're saving are the the least expensive part of the house but if you have a cost per square meter of 2000 euro for example that's kind of roughly what we're dealing with at the moment and your architect comes in and takes 20 square meters out of the house just through efficiency of design you know making the rooms fit that bit better not having any wasted space in it uh, you know minimizing your circulation space so if you take 20,000 uh, sorry 2,000 per square meter at 20 square meters you potentially have saved yourself 40,000 there wow, by being yeah. an architect now it's not you know it's it not, might not always like, go like that but no that no and it doesn't of course 
But you've got to look at that. And you've also got to look at those, what we see a lot of when it comes to um, designing and maybe not getting it quite right at the start. So, you know, say for example, an engineer or somebody, I don't want to be little engineers at all. We have great time for engineers and we work with them all the time and they're brilliant. But say for example, somebody else who's not an architect designs it and there are mistakes and elements that you want to change. But you only realize that when you get to site. You know, changing something on site is far more expensive than bringing someone in to design it because you could be 20, 30,000 to make that change on site. Walls are up, wires are in, plaster is on. You know, now we're talking about some serious money here. So for, for, you know, for me, um, I think getting an architect in at the start, and even if it's just the broad strokes of the design, as in, you know, where's this house situated? Where are my rooms going to be at the different times of day when the sun is moving around the house? Where do I want to be on this site? How do I approach it? How do I maximize my views? All of those things, if you don't get them right at the start, you're not going to get them right when it comes to the build because it's been designed at that point. You know, planning is in, the windows are designed. You can't change it all. So for me, uh, having an architect at the start of a job is going to save you money in the long run if you're of a mind to get the house right from the start. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, especially the the, the cost per square meter, because you often hear people on, how much did that cost you per square meter? You know, on mm. Instagram and Facebook and everybody's, the question is, how much did that cost per square meter? But it's such a broad question that it's just impossible to answer. You know yeah. what I mean? A house in Mayo as opposed to a house in Dublin is going to cost, you know, a completely different amount. Like. In, potentially, but maybe not. Yeah. You know, exactly the same house in both parts of the country, well, there won't probably be much difference. But because... You know, maybe maybe the house in, in Mayo is what you're seeing online because there would be a lot more, and, and I'm from Mayo, so I'm not belittling Mayo in any way, shape or form. But because there are more, I suppose, standard houses being built in the countryside as opposed to what we're seeing in Dublin. And a lot of what we're seeing in Dublin has huge cost because people are buying existing properties, demolishing, you know, rebuilding and rebuilding to a very high standard of finish. Um, and that that's potentially where we're seeing the big difference in cost here and, and the site cost obviously as well is massive in Dublin whereas in Mayo it's far more reduced um, so to, to actually build the same house if you take out site costs if you take out um, you know elements that you need to take out you need to take out finishes and you need to take out fees and you know that my 2000 euro per square meter doesn't include them and my 2,000 euro per square meter doesn't include that. So if you take yeah. out those elements, yeah. you'll probably see a relatively similar um, cost per square meter in terms wow. of build. Yeah. Because we have to build to a standard now that's governed by the, the regulations. And it doesn't matter where you're in the country. You, you, can't get, you, know, you can't get away with building something that's uh, sub-regulation. So for me, I think that that kind of cost there's other factors at play when you look at big variations in cost in cost yeah what advice would you give to someone that's approaching an architect or about to go with an architect you know um you know like should i have my design in my head before i approach you or like what if i don't know what i want when i'm approaching an architect yeah it's um you don't need to have anything set in your head when you approach an architect. Uh, the first point of contact with an architect should be to, to pick up the phone or to drop into his office or whatever it is, but most likely pick up the phone, have a chat with them. All right. See if that architect is the right fit for you for a start, because I think that if you want somebody to design a house for you, you should 
get an architect who designs houses, mm. you know, on a regular basis. Now, they may do other stuff as well. Yeah. But if you have an architect who mainly does commercial, you don't want to be trying to convince them to design a house for you mm. because they just won't be up to speed with yeah. designing a house. And for the majority, I would say, if you do pick up the phone to an architect and they don't design resident, they'll tell you straight away. And yeah. They'll point you in the right direction. But pick up the phone, talk to your architect, all right? Find out if they're, if they're the right fit for you and find out, you know, are they available? Are they interested? And in how, them? like, what, like, what is the right fit? Is that looking at their website and seeing previous work, or talking to people that they've done? Like, what do you mean by right fit? What does that mean? Yeah, well, so no, not necessarily about previous work because every client is different. So yeah. every client will drive the design as opposed to the architect. You know, we're not dictators when it comes to design. It's my way or, or no way. It helps if the style that the architect designs in is very similar to your style. It mm. does help. But, I mean, we've designed everything from... Um, you know, real modern um, to uh, contemporary stuff to very traditional. And the, I suppose, the, 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 the final design, uh, sorry, the, the style in which you design shouldn't affect the architecture. You know, the finish should be different, obviously, but the volumes of the rooms and the space and how you move from one space to another and the connectivity, that should all work no matter how the design works. So in terms of the right fit as your architect, it's more to do with, do you get on with them? You know, um, do you think you'd work well with this person? Really? Wow. Yeah, I, I find that's a huge part of it. You know, could you have a conversation? Does the conversation flow? Do you, do you come away from that conversation feeling confident that your architect would be able to do what you need them to do? Um, that for me, that personal connection, because, you know, when you, if you get an architect involved in a job and say you're designing a new home and you're going to take that architect on a full service all the way through, um, You'd be two years with that person. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, and you, you need to be able to get on with them and to enjoy the process and to engage with that person, to challenge, you know, what you're thinking. And as architects, we'll challenge what you're thinking. Um, but there's no harm in challenging what we're thinking too, mm. you know. Um, why can't this be done? Let's yeah. look at, you know, let's, let's look at ways that we can do this. Um, but th that for me is, is a really... So like you wouldn't necessarily, necessarily, sorry, excuse me, um, just focus on geez I really loved those last few houses that they done they yeah. were stunning you would be you would be actually still going and talking to them and making sure that yeah. you can still you know that there's a bit of compatibility there and that you can actually still get yeah. on with them yeah because you know somebody who's very heavily into traditional architecture mightn't like some of the stuff that we've done recently yeah but we might be the right architect to get the best out of what they want too. yeah so I suppose I wouldn't rule an architect out based on what they've done in the past. Yeah. You know, because it's completely client driven. Yeah. You know, we can't dictate what our clients want. All we can do is try and mould that into the best architecture that we, we, we can. What what like so that first consultation or that first conversation, what is that conversation? You know, say if I come to you now and I have I'm saying to you, Connor, I don't know what I want. Yeah. You know, we've got X amount of money. I don't know what I want. Yeah. What What is that conversation that you have? What are the questions that you're going to ask to ascertain the kind of ba the basic premise of the house? Yeah. Okay. So when you go to an architect, know where you're, where where it is. Yeah. For starters, where's my site or where's my house at, that, that I want to extend? Yeah. Um, know approximately your budget. All right, and that you know, might be, you might need to change that once you've talked to an architect, but... It's usually increase. <laughs> well, yeah, potentially, yeah. It's very rarely decreases, yeah. but, um, you know, what, what do I want to spend? Do I understand budgets? You know, that, that's a very, very important one because your entire project can, call flat, can fall flat right there if you don't have the budget, the correct budget for what you want to do. Um, what is it that you want? You know, 
is it a four bedroom house in the country? Is it an extension on the back? You know, so that's a very basic conversation that anyone, even if you don't know what it wants to look like or how it should be designed, you'll know what you want. Yeah. And then, you know, what's, what's my style? What have I seen that I liked? Um, most people have a Pinterest account that come to us and we don't want your Pinterest code or uh, your password. We don't want 2000 images. We want to see four or five images of stuff that you've seen that you really like. And, you know, following that conversation, we'll be able to tell you then, well, look, either this is great, you know, we can really help you out here, we, which is what we want to say, of course, and we think that we can add real value to this, or we'll say, you know what, we're not the right fit for this. There's a, well, maybe yeah. there's a better architect out there for it, or maybe, you know, this is, you know, your budget is unrealistic, or maybe your, your brief is unrealistic, you know, so that's a really easy conversation to have. And, you know, that's like potentially that's going to take a few hours, but set aside the time, have that chat. Yeah. And as I said, you know, that's, that's a no obligation kind of conversation yeah, yeah. that we would have all the time. And so try and give people a bit of information and try and better Point prepare them in the right them. direction. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But whatever architect you go to, budget, brief and style would be the three things to prepare yourself you know, in advance and make sure that you have your head around. The architect might change that in terms of, you know, what's practical and what's real and what's doable. But try and have that sort of in your head as much as you can. You don't need to go to an architect with a design and say, we want you to draw this up. That's, you know, a draftsman can do that. There's no problem. But, you know, bring, bring those things to the table. And we'll yeah. be able to have a good time. So have a basic idea of certain designs and certain elements that you're, you're in love with. But you don't have to have a fully fledged, this is where I'm going to have my sitting room, this is where I'm going to have the dining room. No, yada, no. Yada. Let your architect yeah, yeah. drive that. You know, oh, that's, yeah, that's... Get value out of yeah. the architect. You know, let them, let them, you know, be an architect. Let them come up with some ideas. You're not going to have thought of, any, of a lot of the stuff that the architect will have thought of. You know, if I'm designing houses all day, every day, I... I'd have an expectation that I'd come up with something more um, and let me challenge you as well you know let me try and figure out uh, if the route that you're going is the right one for you because you might think it is but there might be a lot of stuff that you haven't seen that's quite exciting for couples though isn't it to have that oh, yeah. challenge you know and to, oh wow we never actually thought of that or yeah you know yeah yeah it's I love great. That. and when you see it in, in in clients you know it's it's great to see you know but and the, I suppose one, one last piece of advice on that is, you know, if you have something very definite in your head and you've seen a design that you really like and you want your architect to <clears throat> mold that design and mold that style specific to your house, bring it to them straight away. You know, tell them straight away. Don't have your architect, <clears throat> excuse me, design three or four houses and then pull out a piece right. of paper and go, no, this is what we want. You know, because if you already know, that's great. That'll really help yeah. inform this design um, right from the start and get everyone off on the right the right design foot. You know, so yeah. don't be afraid to show them stuff as well. Even if you're if it's a sketch that you've put down, yeah, and you're yeah. really embarrassed about your level of drawing. Like we don't expect people to be able to design the way we do, but if you have ideas right at the start, get them out there. You know, have yeah, the, yeah. have the conversation. What. Uh, what would be some red flags for you if I was approaching an architect and they get back to me? What would be something that... How do you mean red flags? What would be something that you might, you might say, you look at that architect probably isn't for me? Oh, as a client? Yeah. Um, I suppose the current climate is, is really uh, tricky because we have um, an oversupply of work and we don't have enough architects uh, and engineers or professionals in the country to, to deal with that. 
Um, so the first thing with your architect, as I said, you know, I'm a big believer in personal relationships and this is, it's, I suppose it's, I won't say it's intimate, but it, it is quite a personal relationship when you get into design. So that, that's very important. But also, do they have time? You know, does this architect have time to dedicate to this? And if somebody rings me up and asks me, do you have time for this? And if I don't, I'll simply say no. Right, yeah. You know, so you, don't, you want to make sure that. You want to try and uh, trash out your, your expectations as well with your architect. You know, what, what do we expect you to do? And, um, you know, some people's expectations of what an architect does would be a little different than what we do actually do. You know, so it would be important to have that conversation as well. And the, the, the biggest, I suppose, it comes back to it again, but the biggest one is if, if the conversation doesn't flow. If it doesn't flow. Yeah, yeah if there's no kind of rapport there. Um, I'd be probably just, you know, making a few more phone calls to see if yeah. if there are others out yeah. there, you know. And you might be limited in where you are in parts yeah. of the country, you know, yeah. you don't have an abundance of architects. So there might only be one, but, um, you know, trying... Try but is it okay, thing. like, you know, if, like, you know, is it okay to look further afield in terms of an architect or would you recommend looking at your local architect, you know, that's in your area? You know, for, for example, you're in Galway, Connor, would you yeah. be comfortable enough working with somebody in Mayo or... Dublin or would you would you prefer that all your clients are Galway based or how does that work in terms of design I don't think it matters hugely um, any job that we get we would go to the site obviously we'd spend some time on the site we'd make a number of visits there different times a day different sort of conditions um, and once we've established you know the, the design um, the elements that we were going to factor in from the site um, we can design from anywhere really I think that if you are going to have an architect take it all the way through to on a full service, which is where we would design, planning, tender and construction, uh, if you're going to do that, then I'd suggest a local architect is yeah. far better because there are times when you need to just drop everything and get to site. Yeah. There's a problem. We need to figure this out now because the plasters are arriving in an hour and this isn't ready. Yeah. You know? So... For that reason, I would say that, you know, a local architect is much better Yeah. Uh, if they're there. Yeah. There are parts of the country that, you know, don't have architects yeah, yeah. close at hand. So it, it depends. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, we could, you know, theoretically somebody could go with the likes of yourselves and be further afield and then have the engineer take over the project, you yeah. know, after the design stage is finished. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that. You yeah. Know, we work in Dublin, we work in Mayo, we work in Limerick, we work in Clare. And very often what we do is the design and we'll still be there, you know, to answer questions. But the engineer would take it on and do the sign offs, yeah. which is which is a big thing now in, in construction. You know, somebody has to sign off on everything. And uh, yeah, but that's, you know, there's, there's no problem with that. As long as the engineer buys into the design and understands that the design has been yeah. professionally created and they will do what they can to create that, um, then, yeah, that's no problem. I know you're not an engineer as such but do you have a preferred build method that you love designing around or, or thinking about when you're designing or do you even think about uh, about the particular build method when you're at the design stage I suppose it depends on what engineers you talk to <laughs> some of the engineers would say that you know we're we don't care about what you build it we just want it to look cool but uh no we we have to we have to factor in how this is going to be built you know there's no point in trying to hang things off the sky so we would be quite practical um in terms of how we design you know it has to be buildable and we do like to challenge that a bit and we like to push it and we like to 
I won't say we like to put engineers outside their comfort zone, but <laughs> it's it's more, you know, we, we know these things are doable. We know the practice. We've been doing it for years and years. And uh, I, I would very much be, be of the opinion that if it's been done before, I'm sure we can do it again, you yeah. know, or better. Yeah. Um, but we would use a lot of, you know, masonry construction, steel, glass, you know, it's a lot of what you're seeing across the board. Yeah. There's a huge amount of new constructions coming in now. I won't say they're new, but they're becoming more mainstream with these rapid builds um, where you have panels, you have SIP paneling, you have timber frame houses, all that. They are becoming more mainstream, but we're still, I think we, we do most of our work would be masonry construction. Would it be still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. It's, um, it's really interesting one, like the, the process of an architect throughout the build process, you know, um, and if, if it was the case that it was what you would call a full service package, could you tell me a little bit about, you know, what, what is your role throughout the stages of the builds? You know, obviously the design stage is probably your busiest and your heaviest in terms of workload. But mm-hmm. then what happens afterwards then if, you, if you're taking a project right through to the end? Yeah, so... That, Not to that, go into too much detail. But no, no, yeah. we won't bore you with it, but... Um, that's actually a misconception. The, the design process you mentioned there is, is the heaviest in terms of, of uh, involvement and, and time. Um, quite the contrary. It's the site work that's the heaviest in terms of involvement. Why so, is that? Well, let me explain the... Um, I'll explain the different stages and yeah, you please understand do, yeah. then. Um, so how we would break it down in, 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 in our practice is we would have four stages. So you'd have the design stage, essentially. You'd have the stage... It's, it's developed design with planning is the second stage tender and then construction okay and in the design stage you have that you know it's it's us and the clients it's very it's heavily involved in terms of design and trying to create this um the the outcome of that will be you know a, 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 in broad strokes we've got the design um, of this house we kind of know what it's going to look like from the outside we've got the layout we've got how it works and it will be tweaked but this is the broad strokes we would then, you know, further develop that up in stage two, and we would bring it to a point where we'd be able to apply for planning permission and get planning permission for the, or, sorry, apply for planning permission. We've no control in getting planning permission, but we make the application to the best of our ability. Um, stage three then would be to continue to develop that, but more from a technical side of things. So we do up a full specification, we bring an engineer on board, we'd get structural drawings done, we would look more detail at costings at that point, uh, we prepare a package that we can send out to builders who can then price the works. We get that, those prices back, we'd review them, negotiate them and get to a point where we can sign a builder into a contract here. And then the last stage for us would be to inspect on site. Um, there's a bit of a misconception that we project manage mm-hmm. and that we monitor projects. Mm-hmm. We don't. Uh, we inspect on site, uh, we do our checks and we do our sign-offs to confirm that it has been built in accordance with the building regulations and planning regulations. Um, so that is actually, that stage is, is can be heavily involved because your build time on a new house is probably a year now. And if you're required to be on site every two weeks for a year. Yeah, that's a lot of time. Yeah. And then produce more information off the back of that. And depending on where the site is, you could spend you know time and travel as well. So you could be a day of your week would be allocated to that for an entire year, mm. you know, and, and sometimes more. So that is usually the most uh, labour-intensive uh, part of it. Uh, but it does it depends on a lot of factors, you know. Some builds go very smoothly and some builds are a lot trickier. Um, new builds tend to be a lot easier because you're not dealing with existing structures. Uh, whereas um, renovations and extensions can sometimes be really tricky and really, really time-consuming. 
are you, are you noticing any trends at the moment in terms of planning permission? Are they liking certain certain designs? Are they is there certain things that just don't seem to be getting through? What are you noticing there? We're probably talking about Galway here, but yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so planning permissions are planning permissions are easy. Um, Galway County Council, Galway City Council, they have their uh, development plans. Um, there's certain cues in that that we use in order to design. Uh, Galway County Council have a whole document, you know, based on what they want to see in their rural housing. Um, and it's, you know, it's quite mature now, that document. It's been around for a few years, but it still holds true. So, you know, we never have an issue. Design is never the, the problem with planning. Um, the planning, the, the problem might be that the site was never suitable for a house in the first place, even though the planners told us it was, but that might be the stumbling block, or that the percolation doesn't quite work, or that there's some ownership dispute, you know. Yeah. But we've never had a problem when it comes to design. And in terms of what we're seeing that's uh, on, on trend, or, you know, what's current, um, we find the council are very proactive in bringing modern architecture to the to the fore, you know. So, really well. Yeah, there's a, I, there's might be a misconception. Sorry to interrupt you. There might be a misconception that councils might be quite traditional and would only like the the bungalow and the countryside, and they would hate anything. No, obscure. No. You know, we don't find that at all. Um, as I said, usually the reason that you know, and you do hear a lot of um, people having problems with planning, but those problems are very often self-made. Yeah, yeah. Um, the site wasn't suitable for a house at all, you know, and we, we try and identify that right at the start, insofar as we can. You know, sometimes we get told by the council that it's fine, there'll be no problem. And then it turns out, well, actually, there is a problem here. Yeah. You're, you're never going to get planning, which is, which is unfair and, and it's unfortunate and it doesn't happen very often. And, uh, you know, Goa City and Goa County, we find really But good. is there a particular design? Like, do they like uh, two-story or do they like bungalow? Do they, do they like, um, you know, two plus one or something like that? Like, is there a certain design that you feel like always gets true no it depends on the area it depends on the area yeah yeah now some people think that it's you know what your neighbor has is all you're going to be able to get and that's not true so we need to look at the the sensitivity of the area so there's there's class sensitivity for landscape in Galway one to five and if you are a very sensitive area you might have to design in a more traditional way right now it can be a contemporary design but maybe a traditional form Okay, so you might go for a single story in an area like that because it's lower to the ground, there's views, it's a, it's a highly sensitive landscape. Whereas if you get into the less sensitive landscapes, then, you know, the, kind of the predominant one would be two-story. But uh, it really depends on your style then. And the council, once, once, you know, you have an architect on board and they're doing a good job and they produce a nice design, the council would never comment on that. Yeah, yeah, you know? that makes sense though, yeah, yeah. that you have made consideration for the surrounding areas and yeah, yeah. the design element. Um, this is a funny question. What are some things that you hate seeing? You're driving in your car, you're looking at a house, what do you hate seeing? What do I hate seeing on a house? Um, okay, every, everybody is different in terms of their style and what they want, but there's no excuse for bad detailing. Okay, so, you know, if it can be detailed, like it's as easy to detail well as it is to, to detail badly. And what I mean by bad detailing is, you know, you have two lengths of something and they go together on the front of the house and one of those lengths is shorter than the other for no reason other than we just cut them different, you know? There's no thought put into it when there could have been. So little elements like that, and I know it's really pedantic and it's probably OCD, but they kind of annoy me, um, much more so than somebody having a different opinion in design. 
because look my opinion is one opinion and some people aren't going to like that and that's fair enough but if uh, you know if, if you just do things in a way that could have been done better for exactly the same price exactly the same time would you a little bit more thought yeah 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 why didn't you yeah, you know? yeah. so uh, that, that would annoy me um Strange. are there certain areas of a build that you know somebody could consider on early on that might be able to cut cost you know we mentioned off camera about the large glass panels and like the six meter lar- like everybody seems to have six meters of glass now in their house yeah. Yeah. is there certain areas that you would recommend considering in terms of cost cutting measures it's it's a, it's a really interesting one because um cost cutting measures people are again they're bringing it back to this cost per square meter and then they get a design and it's a certain number of square meters and they go out to a builder but the builder says no it's actually more expensive than that per square meter and then their budget is blown and they're panicking you know so they look at it and see well what can we pull out of this now in order to save cost and bring down the uh, the overall budget here and the first things to go are the nice bits you know because it's it's probably the, the last five or ten percent where you get the real joy in your house the really cool little elements that you put in so straight away people strip off any finishes that they have on the outside of the house so if you had say a bit of metal cladding or you had some stone straight away they come off and it goes to, to painted render and then they start looking at the size of the openings in it so it's a huge big steel here maybe if we brought it down and they start doing that and they start taking those large glazed elements out of it and then you're kind of you're back to a more basic house so all of the nice bits it's kind of like someone asks you to, to design a, a, or to build a, or to buy a Ferrari and you go out and you say well you know I want a Ferrari but I don't quite have the budget for it so let's take away the sort of the, the, the nice Italian lines off that and let's take out the engine and put in a you know a Ford engine into it and let's take off the sports exhaust and put a standard and you go back to it then you have a much more basic product at the end so I think as opposed to you know taking out the expensive elements try to design less expensively overall but keep some real joy in it keep some really nice bits because once you once you get out the machete at the end and start hacking off the cool bits you've kind of lost it and people do say well we, we can come back and we can do that again but you won't yeah you know, it's really will. good advice actually yeah. i think it's a it's a good way of looking at it that um cost cutting mightn't always be the best for the project itself if that makes sense you know yeah. spending the extra amount now might be you know from a longevity perspective be the best decision you can make you know yeah Yeah. so maybe don't okay maybe don't finish all your house right now if you don't need it all to be finished or maybe build a smaller house that gives you a little bit of wiggle room to have nice stuff at the end because uh you know once once that milestone (laughs) or that millstone of a mortgage is around your neck you know it's hard to get out there's no going back yeah yeah no there isn't so try and try and design in a clever way that you can have some real joy in the house because that's you know, it's the little bits, it's the last 5% that you will really enjoy. That's what I find in my house anyway. You know, it's the little things you can put in at the end that are cool. Yeah, yeah. That you look at and go, And yeah. you'll enjoy. Like, yeah, 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 I do. Um, w- would you, as an architect, take on somebody that's um, self-building? Or would you always prefer to have a builder on board? You know, you know, from an architect's perspective, I assume you would prefer a builder? Or are you happy enough to talk and engage with couples that are completely going self-build route. self-build route we we will design self-build and we will get planning for a self-build but after that we don't get involved anymore no because it's just it's too problematic we would need to almost be on site every day to make sure that what was being done meets the regulations and we can't do that 
you know, unless unless you have very deep pockets. But if you have very deep pockets, you're probably not going to be you going. Probably have better going with a builder, anyways. Yeah, yeah. 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 So no, we, we wouldn't get involved. There are there are architects and engineers who do that. Um, that's just a business decision that we made, and we don't get involved in it because it's too problematic. Um, but we, we are happy to, to do design and planning on projects like that. And we do a lot of that. Um, so the, the, the client will get the, the benefit of an architect, will get planning permission for that in, in a nice, smooth, comfortable way, uh, hopefully. And then they're free to go their own route after that, knowing that what they've done is, you know, we, we have done with some beautiful houses uh, and some great clients um, who have done amazing work in that. But it's, it's a lot of work for them. Yeah, you know? it yeah, really it is. We were talking off camera about it, but we might just touch on it again. Is like, you know, people on the fence between self-building and going with a builder. Um, it's a question that I ask a lot of the industry professionals. Would you have any advice for somebody on the fence between going the self-build route as opposed to considering the builder and the whole yeah. kind of full package? I suppose it, it's... Of all of all people and professionals, we would pro- like, someone like myself would probably be... Um, best placed to take on a self-build. You know, you would, we would imagine that an architect would be a great person to take on a self-build. Um, in a million years, I wouldn't do it myself. <laughs> I, I really wouldn't because I just, it, it's so time-consuming. People don't understand and appreciate how time-consuming it is because you're, you're the project manager on the job. Whereas if you have a builder, the builder is the project manager and they will take care of it. But what a lot of people fail to factor in, in a self-build, they, they look at the big ticket items. So they go out to a lot of different subcontractors and they get the guy who's going to do the site works. They get the guy who's going to do the foundation. They get the guy who's going to do the block laying. Uh, or girl, but I don't want to be sexed about this. You know, but they, they get the, the, the firm who's going to do all these things for them. But what they fail to factor in is the bits in between. You know, So the, there's work that needs to be done between one trade and another that you know, it might require two guys for two days to do that. And that's all very time consuming, and particularly if you don't know what you're doing. Like, who do you call to get in sort of the, the preparatory work to do? And, you know, you might have your plasters coming in the morning and realise that you don't have a certain material there on site that they expect it to be there. And if you don't get it, if you don't go run out to the shop straight away, you then lose them for the next eight weeks and you're eight weeks delayed. So, you know, a lot of the, the self-builds that we, we've designed for and we've spoken to the clients after hindsight's a great thing and they would look back and say yeah we saved ourselves money not nearly as much money as we thought it took two years to do the build we're still not finished four years later uh, life has taken over and kids or whatever have come on on board and that energy that we had at the start is lost so we we, we've gained valuable experience (laughs) but given the time over again and if we had could sort of raise the finances, we would definitely go with a builder. That's that's the overriding um, comments that we get after someone has gone through the self-build. Because I think people will bring always bring it back to cost. That's why you're doing a self-build, and that's you know it's not for the joy of it. I would imagine it's we can save money, and when people do the do the homework and do their sums on it, um, they think that they'll save fifty, sixty, seventy thousand on, on a on a house build. I don't believe you will um, in the long run, and. I think it'll actually cost you a lot more if you factor in your own time and your own expertise and the fact that you could well have been working yeah. during those times when you might be leveling skirtings or some, something, you know? So Yeah, I like think, if you add up your time that you're spending on the house yeah. as opposed to making money on your day job, yeah, 
Yeah, if, if you factor that in. It could totally then, factor itself out. Like, now, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, you may have a day job that allows all that, or you may have a day job that you're taking time off from, or you're in real downtime on. And that's great. If you have that time, it could be worth self-building. But for me, I just, I, I don't see it. I don't see how it's that much better value for money. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're almost out of time, so I won't hold you much longer, yeah. Connor. But um, are you noticing any design trends at the moment? Is there is there certain things that are becoming quite common in house building at the moment in terms of you know design? Yeah, I think we're we're at a little bit of a um, of a change. We've been designed the same way for a lot of years. And the collective we, I won't put all architects in that boat or they'll be highly insulted. But what we're seeing, we, we were designing a certain way for a lot of years and it was all about openness and glass and brightness and the more glass the better in, in, in certain cases and certain clients. Um, whereas we're seeing a bit more focus now in um, maybe less of the expanses of glass but more of a focus in where it is, you know. So we're also seeing it In terms of sight? In terms of, you know, what, what does that glass do for the particular element in right. the room? You know, so say, for example, a window seat is a great example of that. Whereas previously you might have had a window and you put a bench underneath it. Now we're designing a very specific shape and size of glazing that a window seat fits into. You know, so it's a real focus on the design element internally. And what you're probably going to see a lot of is houses that don't follow the traditional exterior appearance where you have, you know, your front door and you have two windows either side above and below and a window over it you're going to see windows responding to function internally where the windows are a little bit more random and as long as you balance that it's great but the windows then make much more sense internally which is where you spend most of your time and I think we're going to see a big trend in that and actually probably less large glazing because like we live in Ireland it's cold and wet a lot of the time and that large glazing sometimes it's really good and sometimes it breaks down and you know you've got to factor that in so maybe if we start focusing a bit more on the internal living and how that expresses externally we will see a different kind of architecture and i think that's coming we see i see it with a lot of the good architects particularly in galway here i see it um so they're, they're starting from the internals of a house and, and designing around the living space as opposed to the exterior looking wow and whatever yeah. you know they're all about the yeah, so it's all about space. yeah how the internal expresses itself on the outside. Now, as yeah. I said, it does have to balance, and you do have to do some work on that. But um, now, that's what we're seeing. That's a really interesting concept, actually, because when mm. people think of architecture in their head, they might think of like looking at a house, and go, "Wow, look at that! Look at the outside! Like it's massive!" Or you know, there's a certain wow yeah. element. But you know, what you're saying is that an architect at the moment are kind of focusing on yeah, you know, the interior, which is really interesting. Yeah. Okay, last thing I want to ask. What would be your number one piece of advice for those that are about to start building a house? Let's just say self-builders, government builder, whatever it is. What's your number one? What's Connor's from Tribe Architects top tip? It's, it's, it's going to sound very uh, self-fulfilling, but it is talk to an architect. You know, there are lots of good architects out there. It doesn't, it's not going to cost you anything to go and have a chat. Um, pick up the phone, just see what advice that architect, because every house is different, every client is different, every brief is different. And there's no sort of one piece of advice, one catch-all. And so I'd love to be able to tell you, well, this is what you have to do. If you, don't, if you do this, then everything will be all right. But there isn't that piece of advice. So I would say, talk to your, to your architect or your prof whatever professional you want to talk to. I'm, I'm again, I'm biased towards architects, um, but... I, you know, we, we would be the ones seen to be leading the charge in terms of 
design and aesthetic and competence um, from a, a design perspective, um, purely because we get trained in that, you know. But uh, yeah, that would be the bit I would say. Talk to an architect. If you go no further than that, get the advice from the architect and take it from there. Yeah. Go on your merry way. Connor, thank you so much. I can't believe that's nearly been an hour already. That's the fastest hour I've ever had. But um, I just want to really thank you for your time, your advice and your guidance is really invaluable. Where is the best place for people to find you if they want to get in touch with yourself? Yeah, so um, the website, it would be the best point of contact. Um, we're available, it's uh, tribearchitects.ie. Okay, perfect. Um, so City of the Tribes, Galway. And we are available on the phone uh, or by email. And probably the best thing to do is use the contact form on the website, uh, drop us an email, and we will then come back to you when we've had a chance to digest it. When you do send us an email, um, put in a little bit of detail in it. You know, this is who I am, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Can you help? You know, and at the very least, we'll come back to you and we'll either say we can or we can't. Yeah. Um, and most likely we'll give you a call and have a conversation and, you know, give you the best advice that we can. And if we can go on from there, great. Uh, but if it's not the right fish, then we'll point you in the right direction. Cool. Connor, thank you so much. No problem. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, our first of the professional series. If you want to find out more from Connor, you can find them online at tribearchitects.ie. And as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I've just set up Get In Our Home with the aim of helping people that are on their own home building journey. As we're only new, I would really appreciate it if you could take literally one minute of your time and leave us a review on your podcast platform. And if you click subscribe, you'll receive a notification when we release our next episode. It'll cost you absolutely nothing and really help us to keep going with the content. Thanks so much and hope to see you all soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.